Spooky, Scary, Skeptical contains explicit content and topics that some listeners may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, I'm Emily. I'm Libby. And I'm Ken. And this is... Spooky? Scary. Skeptical. took us like three tries to do that intro i did not hear her it's okay our producer was a little noisy in the first intro then we had to redo it and then i just kind of forgot to keep talking so which is a rare problem yes it is it's a very rare problem i only have one thing i really want to say before we hop into the episode today i know it's um emily's spooky centric episode but i have to tell you i was listening to um, the episode that dropped this week the robert the doll episode and we were talking about fantasy and can we just all i want to say is how young and innocent we were to say what we did about our fantasy teams and then see them play this weekend. I'm pretty happy with my team's performance. I'm thrilled, except my quarterback laid down on the field, was trying to find shapes in the clouds. That's all he did the whole game. It was (laughs) bizarre. That's what you get for picking a bangle. I know, I know. Highest paid quarterback in the league. And yeah, it's been, I was laughing because I was like, okay, we literally saw, like, the, the whole take on everything that we said, we're like, oh, like, I've got this quarterback, and oh, Emily's got Travis Kelsey, and oh, you know, and then we're like, it's all up in the flames after the first week, so. I'm <laughs> in a barn me. burner, where my opponent and I, we're just about tied. I might be a point short, oh. but we each have a wide receiver going right now as we're recording, oh. and a kicker. Wow. Libby's favorite position. I do love a kicker. Kicker. I'm all for the kickers. So yes, that's my that's my little take on this week. So actually technically this episode, since all of our patrons get an exclusive preview of this episode, they actually get this episode a week before the public. Now you're two weeks out from that conversation about Robert the Doll and <laughs> our first fantasy conversation, but that's okay. Join our Patreon so that everything seems more aligned in your conversations. Love it. Okay. Well said. <laughs> Yay. Well, it's a spooky-centric episode, Emmy. Here we are. Yay. Feeling spooky. I cannot wait. <laughs> I am so excited about I know your topic. I don't think Ken does, though. Nope. I'm going to find out. That's because I'm very nosy. I get right up in y'all's business. I'm like, what are you guys going to talk about? It's because I like to write it on my calendar. But it doesn't say. It just says Team Spooky. I wrote on it on my other calendar. Pretty How many calendars though, do so. you have? Two. Uh, because the second one... You don't have two. You have at least three. Oh, yeah, I guess you count Yeah. Out. I have a calendar for, like, our dry erase board, but then I have one that's, like, all of our life. That's the desk calendar. That's, like... All of our... We don't have much life. That's true. It's true. But when, <laughs> when life does happen occasionally, um, that is also on the calendar. So, like, any dates we need to know about, any... I can't help but notice that golf is... Oh, did you put golf on the calendar? Oh, no. You need to add golf to the calendar. Evidently. Oh, for Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. I should. Okay, I'll add it to the calendar. I'm on it. Nope, you, you requested it. it. It's what you want. Well, I was promised a calendar that manages, you know, yeah, our whole life. life. So. Well, and it also details, like, all of the games, basically, going forward up through December. I haven't filled out anything past December, but, like, all football, all hockey, all college football, like, for the teams that we care about so it's like right. so that i know how to plan recording sessions around 
loves games. Clever. Yes. Which is my, I thrive in the organizational department and you guys couldn't care less. So that's why I do it. And you do. We well. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad. I mean, I, I love doing it. So it's, I, even if you guys were like, you don't have to do that. I'd be like, I don't care. I really want to. So As long as you're happy. Yes. Okay. We've chatted long enough. Tell us about your story. Okay. So today's topic is on mummies. Yay! Mm -hmm. I'm so pumped. Yeah. We're going to talk about a couple different things. We're going to talk about the process of mummification, a curse, and afterlife preparation, and kind of the differences of some cultures. So it's going to be cool. Yay. And does that mean that you will cover more mummy things now that you're kind of covering an overgeneralized thing of mummies? What else is there to cover? Oh, I meant like specific cases or something of mummification. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. I might. Maybe I'll do, do it. it after I hear about this. Who knows? Do Maybe it. Joe will. Who knows? We'll see. All right. So there are several cultures, if you didn't know, and religions around the world. <laughs> that recognize- oh, that's end of sentence. <laughs> what? There are several oh. cultures and religions around the world. Oh, oh, oh. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I am... News to me. (laughs) That recognize the human body as a temple for spirits or souls and therefore attempt to preserve their body as a sacred vessel. We're going to talk about two of those cultures that do that. And the first one we're going to talk about, as I'm sure you can guess, is the Egyptians. Mm. So, uh, Egyptians believed that the body was a vessel for the spirit. If the body was not properly preserved, the spirit or soul would be in jeopardy. Okay. Of what? Of wandering aimlessly and not getting into the afterlife. Yeah. Well, so then it reminds me of that show, Kunk on Earth, when she's like, the Egyptians believe oh, yeah. that the greatest thing you could do in your life is die. Literally. I think there was a... Yeah, Egyptians believe. I was writing this and I was like, oh my God. I should have played that clip. Yes. So mummification was a pretty gruesome process. Um, it often includes the removal of the brain uh, through the nose and the removal of internal organs. Did you know that? Did you know the brain? Not know that they removed the nose. So they'd stick a thing up there, scramble your brains, and yank them out. That seems like it would take forever. Oh, removed it through the nose. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why did I think they were removing a nose? Sorry, my brain did not process that. I was like, interesting. Oh. Hey, if you want your nose gone, then do it. Yes. That feels like it would take forever. Well, they just scramble it up and yank it out. I don't know. It seems like there's a lot to pull out a tiny hole how else would you get it out well i guess you could cut a hole in the back of the head or something there you go yeah (laughs) they're probably probably not down for that i guess i don't Uh, know interesting maybe they didn't have the tools to get because isn't the skull thick uh i think they could have used like a little chisel chisel or hammer or an ice pick (gasps) do they have ice picks in egypt i bet they have pick picks yeah. <laughs> well, they, they were building pyramids, Ken. They've got the little ch- 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 things. I have a, under good authority that the aliens did the <laughs> pyramids, I thought. You're speaking my language. Emily's <laughs> <laughs> like, me too. So this uh, was an effort to remove all moisture from the body oh. in an attempt to leave it in a dried form that would not easily decay. So that was kind of the reason for taking out all the, the juicy organs. 
Mummification can be found in many cultures throughout history, and one of the best known being that of ancient Egypt, as we mentioned. Scientists speculate that the earliest mummies were actually created by accident, as people did not know how certain preservation methods or elemental exposures would impact the body. Oh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And they realized that worked. All right. Yep. Yep. It was during about 2600 B.C., fourth and fifth dynasties that the Egyptians began intentionally mummifying their dead and the process became more intricate and improved as time went on. They started pulling the brains out the ear instead, didn't they? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) 2600 BC, you said? Yes. Wow. I know. You know, it reminds me of the King Tut thing, the episode. I know we've talked about it on the pod where (laughs) they they got the King Tut they did the vocal cords. Oh my god, I love King it. Tut. <laughs> and then they blow through him like they <laughs> to see what he sounded like, and it's just him like ah. <laughs> so funny. I forgot about that. Yes. So the 18th through the 20th dynasties had some of the best preservation methods, and this includes one of the most well-known pharaohs and mummies, King Tut. Ooh, I know that guy. He- ah! <laughs> We are going to chat more about him in a minute. But cool. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it like Tuttenheim or... No. Tutankhamen. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah. I shortened it because... Tuttenheim is way too German for that. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> That's that his cousin. Cool. That's his cousin. <laughs> so the mummification process took 70 days. Can you imagine that? 70 days to... Well, but that also doesn't seem very long. That's over oh, two months. Yeah, to rip out the brains. Oh! Oh, yeah. Oh. Wrap them in salt. Yeah, I dry guess, them I out. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I guess I don't know. Band-aids. I was envisioning there. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. days. I, I know. bet that smelled so bad. But on the other side, it's not like they're short on time anymore. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. So, in junior high, we had a... You were mummified? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have one of those competitions where they roll you in toilet paper? No, but we did that at my Halloween party. Yeah, I've done that at Halloween parties, in too. Junior, junior high? Who, yeah. can, who can get the yeah. person all the way covered fastest yeah. or whatever, yeah. A lot of toilet paper. But no, who in junior makes high. the best bummy in so much time? Anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter. So in junior high, we did this thing. We had an Egypt unit or whatever, and we mummified chickens, like dead chickens. Ew! So we had what? This, yeah. So it was that, yeah. So we had to take salt okay. and we kept drying them out to cure them, like like they did with the bodies. Oh I yeah. I hate to tell you, you didn't cure shit. <laughs> I mean, this chicken it dehydrated though. Like it's crazy how much it dehydrated. What? So it, picture like a plump chicken, and we kept like you know it draws the moisture out. So he was like a shriveled little guy when we were done. No, Isn't that crazy. Why did you do this? What the fuck? It was did you ever edu- mummify anything? <laughs> no. No. It was okay. educational. I get made fun First of, of all, for my where gym. Where the fuck did these chickens come from? Yeah. Well, it was a small town. Bought them at Sam's Club or Walmart or something. So they were just rotisserie chickens? No, raw. Well, yeah, but like raw. Like a raw chicken. Like a raw ro- um, roaster chicken. Look at this bougie Emily, like, oh, my school district. (laughs) You know, some donate food to the poor. No, we took it for ourselves and mummified it. (laughs) Isn't that really shitty, actually? I I know, I know. So I get made fun of for my elementary school gym class for tinkling. 
But you're over here mummifying chickens. So uh, clearly I did not have the only weird school district. Hey, if any so of our weird. listeners know what tinkling is and did this in gym class, please tell me. Like, reach out. Comment on the pod. I don't care. You can come down Instagram. You can email me. I just, I'll give you the biggest shout out if you tinkled at all. It sounds wild. But it was a thing. We did it in gym class. Throughout this time, priests worked to embalm the body, treating it and wrapping it, much like a chicken. <laughs> These priests also mm. had a very intricate understanding of the human anatomy so they could accurately remove specific organs. So you're telling me the people pulling brains out of the nose mm-hmm. have an intimate command of the human body. <laughs> well, they know where to, you know, where to scramble. <laughs> when to stop before you poke out the other side and end up pulling out hair. I don't know, you know. <laughs> Pretty wild. Hmm. I bet this is a really interesting analysis on the mind versus the body versus the soul, like what they believed it, because if they believed that they would come back as mummies, which maybe you're going to get there, but I know that's what they were also doing. Yeah. Then that means that they believed that your brain was not your mind and your soul was not, you know, because that's if they're taking out yeah. the brain, they didn't think that that was. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just didn't know what that brain did. I don't know. When did the people in the human history learn what a brain was? That's know. very interesting. Yeah. When did they start lobotomizing? <laughs> the, like, uh, 1900s. I think the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s-ish. Yeah. And the last one was, like, in the 60s. Anyway, sorry. That's, no, that's very interesting. That's a good question. That's very interesting, know. Ken. Thank you. Thank you, Barbie. Thank you, Barbie. (laughs) Cuts were generally made on the left side of the abdomen, and then organs were taken out there. So, like, everything. Lungs, heart, liver. Mm. Oh, ew. Yeah, everything. And they were preserved and stored separately in canopic jars. After removing the organs, the moisture... Why? That was a good... (laughs) That seemed like an important question. I don't know if it's important. And what is a canopic jar oh i can show you okay canopic jar here these these little guys oh they're like urns. usually had like the the gods on them and whatnot oh okay mm-hmm. yeah so they I put like their urns doesn't look like they would preserve organs very well <laughs> i agree i think i i don't know yeah they get shriveled up in those little jars real quick it's like just preservation is what i'm seeing i don't know why they had to put for it what well, they did think the body was like a sacred temple for your spirit, right? So maybe they assumed the organs were part of that and they had to also be treated respectfully. But they'd scramble the brain up, no problem. <laughs> well, they had to get it well, out the hole. <laughs> I don't know if the brain went in a jar, actually. I think it was just like the major organs. I could be wrong. <laughs> the major organs. Well, sorry. <laughs> the down here organs, the heart, the lungs. <laughs> Brain. That's um, important. Go back to that tab. I don't mean to interrupt, but you were just on a different. See where it says stop overpaying for audiobooks, no confusing credit, whatever. Scroll to the left. Left. To the left, to the left. <gasps> what? Say goodbye to self serve soft drinks at McDonald's. Ronald ruins everything. Article. I don't know. They're not getting rid of soft serve drinks. Self serve. Oh, self serve? Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. Pretty convenient, given that the girl on the one street leaves about three inches of space. She does. Between Every the time. Over here paying for, what, a 32 ounce, and I'm getting, like, half of that? Not good. She's getting, like, 29? 
Okay. It's it's quite no, it is. It is. Yeah. It's like as much. Yeah. It's like half a day's worth of work done for me. (laughs) (laughs) So after removing the organs, the moisture was removed from the body, and this was done by covering the body with natron, which is a type of salt. Internal pockets of natron were stuffed into the body's cavities. Ew. Which made me think of the girl who was stuffed with... Rags. Rags at the cemetery, yeah. Would you rather be stuffed with rags or salt? Salt. Salt. Then I'm going to get all shrivelly. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be thirsty. Yeah. I don't want to look full at that point. If I'm dead. No, no. Alive. Stuffed with a rag or salt. Oh. Alive? Alive. <laughs> Why? Where are they stuffing the rag and salt? Indeed. Wherever they can. No. Mm. There's only so many orifices. If I'm alive, probably salt <laughs> because I could drink it out pretty quick. Your body would... I hate this scenario. It's very stressful. <laughs> Am I allowed to pull the rags out? Well, after they've been stuffed, stuffed in. in yeah. So they stuff them in real quick. I just yank them out rags. You're going to be like a clown, though, just like pulling. The fuck are you doing? Rags or salt? <laughs> I'm not finding myself in a position <laughs> where I have to choose. <laughs> Makes us choose. <laughs> refuses to choose. Oh, my gosh. So similarly, sunken areas of the body were filled with linen, so just like our Florida episode. The body was then intricate- Join our Patreon. Yes. The body was then intricately wrapped with linen and placed in a specially designed tomb and filled with anything the individual might need in the afterlife. What are you putting in your tomb? Books. Ten. Hmm. What are you doing in the afterlife? Are you putting me in your tomb? Yeah. Or were you asking me what I was putting in my tomb? Oh, I'm putting you in my tomb. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Are you am putting I, Libby in your tomb? Am I in your tomb? <laughs> well, how can I put her in my tomb if I'm already in her tomb? She's Okay, new scenario. No tomb for Libby. Can she come to your tomb? No, no, no. Your PS5? Five? Sure, sure. Okay. So you're taking yeah, a video, the video game console, but not me? You he can tag along. He doesn't. I can tag along? Hey, it's a long afterlife. Oh, speaking of you know? which, I want some tag-alongs in there. <laughs> what are tag-alongs? The peanut butter Girl the Scout. The real peanut butter Girl Scout cookies. Oh, oh, the cookies, yes. Don't give me any of this peanut butter patty bullshit. Mm. They're tag-alongs. I like the lemonades. Mm. Were you a Girl Scout? No. For you? Anyway, back to the story. <laughs> so we dabbled. Don't have time to unpack that. <laughs> Ken and I share a meaningful look. Fascinating. <laughs> so we're going to talk briefly, just briefly, about King Tut's curse. We did mention him. So in 1923, Howard Carter and George Herbert, who was the fifth Earl of Carnarvon, holding the tomb of King Tut, which was located in the Valley of the Kings in Egypt. After the dig, some of the team were victims of some very bad luck, which could have been the mummy's curse. Do you believe in the mummy's curse? Well, I don't know. I have absolutely no evidence to go on as of right now. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you So you, you don't happened. know what it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, to name a few of the bad things that happened. After they moved King Tut's body. Yeah, so okay. after they went into the tomb, 
found all the stuff, took out what they wanted, all that stuff. Some bad things happen. So there was some failed business. <laughs> I was gonna wait for her to list things off before I threw the failed business <laughs> at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so the fifth Earl Herbert was dead two months later <laughs> after a mosquito bit his cheek and he got blood poisoning. Ooh, that wow. is unfortunate. That. Yeah, not wild. Very random. You know, only female mosquitoes bite. What? Yeah. Only no. the. F- I swear to God. Fact check it. And while you're at it, tell me about Coldplay. (laughs) Who was the lucky volunteer who'd got to test that? (laughs) Hey, Jim, we need you to strip down and get in that tank full of female mosquitoes. (laughs) Male mosquitoes feed only on plant juices, such as nectar, to get the sugar they need for energy and survival. As males do not bite, they cannot transmit diseases. Female mosquitoes, on the other hand, need protein from blood to develop their eggs. You're welcome. Interesting. And that is from NEA.gov. So. I kind of respect that. Girl power and all that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing as, like, praying mantises biting off the heads of their males. Yeah. How dare you? (laughs) Sir Bruce Ingram was another individual on the expedition. So his house burned down. He had a paperweight. From the tomb that was supposedly inscribed with this message. Cursed be he who moves my body. So he took it back oh. with him. And then his house burned down. Wow. I know. I know. I mean, he warned you. <laughs> he, he literally did. George J. Gold contracted pneumonia and died shortly after returning from the expedition. Aubrey. Not good. I know. Aubrey Herbert. Had Her daughter submitted a project late and got an F. <laughs> Wait, what? Aubrey Herbert? Wait, explain the joke because I don't understand. Everyone's dying. Their house is burning down. Oh. And then the last one is... <laughs> oh, okay. Her daughter submitted a project late. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aubrey Herbert, he had every tooth extracted due to a dental and vision issue and died of sepsis shortly after whoa ew yeah isn't that crazy so and that was just a couple like there were many other things that happened but all these tragic things happened to this expedition team so mommy's curse mommy's curse mommy's curse i i don't know i'm not fucking with it you know it's like first off like i think it's bizarre that you want to touch a dead body and like unless you're like exhuming a body for like a crime to f- help solve a crime sure. like why sure. are you fucking with someone's dead body like that's i don't know it just feels disrespectful i don't know about curse but then it's also like did they yeah. get in their head about it but i hope that they were, were cursed. They... They, they deserve to be cursed how's that okay even if this isn't real they deserve it because they fucked with someone's remains like that's so rude were they traveling to a country with less than first world medical uh yeah i mean and with completely different diseases than their immune systems used to i mean mm-hmm. yeah you're absolutely right very true ah. but still the house burning down's weird mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree i mean the other thing too is like a lot of the tombs are raided right and then the stuff in there yeah. is sold so it's like okay who's gonna get to it first and what's gonna happen with it like a lot of stuff has gone into museums and stuff to which i say anyone who fucks with that stuff yeah straight to the curse you deserve to be cursed but it's funny you should say that so the problem is 
you might touch on all this, or maybe we'll do another deeper dive onto it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, interject. I'm just going to interject about the museum thing. You're like, oh, should we put it in a museum for observance? Yeah, potentially. Potentially. But the problem is, so the British Museum is, like, super controversial because so many... Right. They've taken stuff from every country they've ever, like, fucking conquered and colonized. And then, you know, so then all of those treasures and history from all those places are no longer in this place that they belong. So it's like, well, depends. Like, are you exhuming it for Egypt or are you exhuming it on behalf of the British Empire? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It it gets really iffy, really touchy. Yeah. No, that's Um, a good point. So I don't know. And then I'm also just like, why the fuck do you want to fuck with a dead body? Like, what kink do you have? What? All they're doing is looking at it. But I hear what you're saying. No, they're pulling it out. They're moving shit. Hmm. Taking a shit. You're taking his shit? I thought you said taking a shit. Oh, I thought you. I thought she said taking a shit too. (laughs) Okay, I thought it was no taking his shit. Talk about a kink. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. If if they did it, if even if the curse isn't real, they deserve to be cursed. How's that? That's my opinion. Okay. Okay. That's my opinion. I love it. That's your opinion. Allegedly. Okay. So the next topic we're going to talk about is really actually what made me decide on the mummy talk topic so that's very she's like exciting. have you ever seen the mummy it's a movie no, that came out in no. 2000 i'm not putting that in there i've said it enough times if you haven't watched it by now that's your own fault i love that movie it's good you, it was a great you have movie. watched it see you need to watch it it's so good i love it third what do you one mean? sucks have you watched the third one mm, came out yeah i've later. seen all of them okay. but okay i don't remember third one is trash. so what was the one that came out with Tom Cruise, they is that the third one? No, or so that's like does that not even spin-off? count? Right, right. So that's different. So they did a third one, and it was with Brendan Fraser, but it, he had a different wife, and they're like all older, and it they went to Asia, and there were like Yeti monsters. Oh, that looked I, yeah. really fake, and it was like mm, okay, a little different. Okay, and then the, the yeah the Tom Cruise one that was yeah, and that was kind of freaky. Like, that was kind of a freaky concept. Mm. But yeah, different different spinoffs. So. so we're going to talk about Soku Shinbatsu. I know. You said that masterfully. Well, that's because I listened to it and I wrote out how I should actually say it. It's spelled <laughs> S-O-K-U-S-H-I-N-B-U-T-S-U. Awful. Oh. I know. Soku wow. Shinbatsu. Great job, buddy. So, where Egyptian culture completed the mummification process after death, Japanese tradition, Soku Shinbatsu, is a years-long mummification process before death. What? Do you know this? I learned about, I had a religions course in Eastern religions. So, yeah, we talked a lot about death. So, continue. Well, if I mispronounce anything, or if you have more to add. Oh, I don't know well enough to know pronunciations, but I've heard of it. If you have more to add, you tell me. Mm. It's pretty weird. Sorry, uh, sir. You have one to five years left. To be on the safe side, we're just going to start mummifying you now. <laughs> well, and the things that they consume, it would not be for me. Like, in my end years, I want to eat White Castle brownie. <laughs> warm brownies. Warm brownie. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Uh, which they do not. So the diet typically lasted for 1,000 days. Though some repeat the process to better prepare themselves. 1,000 days? That's three years. Yeah. Over three. Mm. Yeah. No. It takes a while. 
Okay. So this practice is performed by Japanese Shingon monks of Yamagata. Between 1081 and 1903, 20 living monks have successfully mummified themselves in an attempt at Sokushinbatsu. I keep having to look at the pronunciation. <laughs> That's okay. Which basically means a Buddha in this body. Part of this process includes a strict diet that is foraged from nearby mountains of Dua, Japan. The monks work to dehydrate the body from inside out, and in this process they rid themselves of muscle, fat, and moisture. And this is before being buried during their last days on Earth. So you're literally starving yourself. Yeah. That's not for me either, but, you know. No, it's not. Teach his own. Yeah, teach his own. So the diet which was like a tree-eating diet, includes roots, nuts, berries, tree bark, and pine needles. And then river rock has also been found in the stomachs. Pine needles. Some of these monks. Yep. Yep. Mm. I know. When you want your food to bite back, but you're stuck (laughs) with a tree diet. I know. I know. During this process, the body's naturally occurring bacteria are deprived of nutrients and moisture. Which be, so again, you're basically just like it's kind of like the salt working out and it's like working in and out. Sure. So to begin the embalming process, monks drink brewed tea of the yurushi, which is the sap of Chinese lacquer tea, and this makes their bodies toxic and limits the insect invaders after death, so they won't get broken down. You had me until makes them toxic. I know. It's very, it's different. Very unique. Unique, that's a good word. So near death, those performing this process are laid in a small, cramped pine box that fellow monks lower into the ground, roughly 10 feet below the earth's surface. A bamboo rod is the monk's only source of oxygen, and a bell is also provided, and that was so that the monks knew if the person had passed or not. So they're buried alive. Well... At least they make sure they're nice and cramped in there. And because it'd be a shame if they were comfortable in the oh, yeah. final days. I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And a little pipe for oxygen. Fasc- it's a fascinating practice. It's it is. It is fascinating. Complete it's so unique. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. It's a really interesting practice. You would need at least three pipes and I would just stop <laughs> 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 so stressed out. Yeah, you don't hyperventilate, yes. <laughs> I think that the folks who do this are so disciplined and have practiced for years upon decades upon decades of practicing meditation and devoting their life to a very specific way of life. So it's a mentality that like a lot of the time Western folks have a really hard time grasping because we live in such a different world. Like it's just like our mentality is different. We were raised different. And on top of that, we're not practicing mm-hmm. how they're practicing, you know, mm-hmm. like even like meditation and stuff like that from this perspective of the Western world is completely different. It's viewed completely differently than like in the Eastern world. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's, mm-hmm. they have Westernized meditation and like Buddhism and stuff like that. Like that there's a Westernized version of that. Because our brains literally cannot wrap ourselves around. Because it just doesn't exist in our ways. So it's very interesting. It is interesting, yeah. So this process lasted many days and is also done as an act of discipline and encouraging contemplation. The monks perform this mummification process to seek redemption for the salvation of mankind. And it is said that if they complete this process, 
They are granted access to Tusita, uh, which is like their heaven. There they will dwell for 1.6 million years and have the ability to protect humans from the spiritual realm. So it's really nice. It's a nice process. 1.6 million years. Mm-hmm. And then what? They get booted out? They might just be reincarnated <laughs> or moved, you know, have to do it all again. Maybe you have to, yeah, reapply for admission. Where did they get that number from, though? I don't know. Scripture, probably. Someone got it from somewhere originally. Okay, have you ever read the Bible? Scripture, like, same deal. Some guy writing it's it creative down. writing. Yeah, but what, why 1.6 million? Is it is like very a weirdly specific. Yeah. large, specific number. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. I could write a novel about anything in this pod. I'd be like, oh, my main character is a robot named Cupatron. And the... <laughs> and Cupatron. Cupatron and... Mm-hmm. In Dorville, Indiana. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yep. So, uh, again, when the bell stopped ringing, the monks assumed that the buried monk had passed away and sealed the tomb for 1,000 days. Again, 1,000. Before then unearthing and inspecting the body for any decay. Intact mummified corpses were believed to have achieved Sokushin Batsu. Then they, dressed in, they were dressed in robes and placed in the temple. So I have a picture for you. Wow, fascinating. Oh, they put goggles on them? They, yeah, they dress them up. Interesting. Talk about weekend at Bernieing it. A little bit, yeah. Is it he looks very like distinguished. He looks like an executive on vacation <laughs> trying to relax. <laughs> That's so true. But like his skin even like he it looks like he still has skin. Oh like, yeah, it's pretty hmm, intact, yeah. Bizarre. But yeah. That is a fascinating practice. I know. Pretty interesting. So that's mummies. Wow. You touched on some really good stuff there. That's so interesting. Good job, Emmylou. Yeah. Thank you. I do think the curses are a little spooky. Are there any curses associated with the whole box one? I don't see anything right off the bat, but I would imagine... Okay, so if your body does decay then it's basically like you didn't complete the process properly. You weren't committed. I know. Or like you didn't properly like spend the time contemplating. So that could technically be like a curse, you know, like on the person's soul. Yeah. So I don't know. So wouldn't the plan there just never ring the bell? That way they pull you up sooner. So it's less likely your body would decay. Maybe. Unless they just die, you know. They just, like, their heart gives out or something. I don't think that there's any intention of, like, trying to trick the system when you're doing that. You know Mm, what I mean? I suppose. You're so dedicated. They're not going to. I think it's very interesting they use bells, too, because, you know, that was, like, a thing back in the day. Mm -hmm. Even in, like, our, like, Western culture and stuff. Like, that's where the term dead ringer comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I did know that. I know. Very interesting. Well, very good job, Emmy Lou. That was so interesting. A lot to absorb from that episode. There you go. Thank you. Mummies. Yeah, go watch you. The Mummy. That's your homework. I am. I love that movie. So, yeah, do it. Name one significant plot point. Oh, my God. There was a mummy in it. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. We <laughs> hope you have a great week. And remember to be a little spooky, a little scary, and a little skeptical. Razzle dazzle, baby. What? Toodles. Peace. Razzle dazzle.
everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Our sources are linked in this episode's description. You can find us on Instagram at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast. Email us at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast at gmail.com. TikTok at Spooky Scary Skeptical Pod. And you can follow us on Patreon at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. It means so much to us. Love a spooky girl, a scary girl, and a skeptical guy.